Welcome to the Who Needs Instructions podcast, the podcast that wants to get men talking. Yes, another edition of the Who Needs Instructions podcast is here, and I'm delighted to say I have another overseas guest for you. Now, we're quite big in North America. When I say that, I look at the figures, the downloads, and it's about 50% here in the UK and 50% in North America. And I've already insulted this gentleman by accusing him of being an American, when in fact he is a Canadian. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the episode, Robert Riopel. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. And you know, if, if we get down to schematics, you know, Canada is part of North America. So technically, I guess I am American if you want to go that way. Okay. Well, uh, and as I've already explained to you off air, uh, as a child, I spent three years in Canada, so I should know my accent. So, uh, you know, I, I take it all back. Now, uh, <laughs> is an international best-selling author and entrepreneur and trainer who has spent the past 18 plus years traveling around the world, sharing his passion. Now, I'm reading some of this from his bio. With high energy and heartfelt style, Robert has used his humor and stories to personally train half a million students now robert that is quite a legacy oh you know thanks and and that's you know, kind of a cute clarification on that is that's half a million people where i've done live trainings that are multi-day trainings three to five days long each and you know just in since uh kind of the pandemic in the last four months, I have been very blessed through being able to meet amazing people like you through podcasts. I've now had to reach over one and a half million people just through podcast episodes alone here from home. That's incredible, isn't it? That's And that's why I love podcasting. I mean, uh, you may or may not be aware of this, but I'm also a, a radio presenter. So this is when, you know, when the opportunity to come up to do some podcasts, I thought, well, yeah, of course, it's, it's like a busman's <laughs> holiday for me. So uh, I absolutely <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now you're also a published author. You've uh, you've written a book called Success Left a Clue. Now, if I could ask you to maybe give me the back cover summary of what that book is about, that would be really interesting. Yeah, just from observing people as I've traveled around the world doing trainings, I noticed that there was clues that being left by success, and I decided to distill it down into six very simple steps. And I tell people, Matt, do not let the simplicity fool you. I could have wrote a book that was a thousand pages long, backed with all the science, all the, you know, all of the everything behind it. But I knew people would read three or four pages and, and lose interest. So I decided to keep it easy and make it a condensed version. And when people do the six steps and it's a workbook, it's not just something you read, put on the shelf and make shelf help. Because step number three is you have to take action. Oh, and I hear you caught my joke. Nice. I like that. And so <laughs> I, I wrote it as a workbook and I even say in it, you know, did you do the last action? If not, stop reading right now, go back, do the action, then continue reading because I know people are creatures of habit. And so it's something that was a 15 year journey for me to write. Fantastic. Wow. And uh, how long has that book been out and available? We brought it out. We launched it officially in 2017. So, wow, four years already. That's been around for a while. That's great. Again, another great legacy to, to sort of leave behind. So, Robert, what does a typical day look like for you? And I, I imagine there's not one day that's the same as the rest. But, you know, you, you get up in the morning. What are you doing first thing? And then, and then what are you doing before you start your working day? Yeah, for me, my very first practice in the morning, two things is I'm because I've become so self-aware I used to be such a non-believer in any of this stuff, personal development, that Matt, never, mm -hmm. you know, you couldn't catch me thinking about it. But now that it's transformed my life over these last number of years, the morning I introspect, I, I'm very observant as I come conscious, it's what are the first thoughts going through my head? 
and I want to observe to see if they're supportive or unsupportive. And if they're unsupportive in any way, I catch them quickly. I basically say, hey, you know, cancel, go to the side, and I'll replace them with a supportive thought so that my first thoughts of the day are going to empower me to move forward. And then I go from that right into just taking some time on the side of my bed and I grab my success and gratitude journal and I write down successes from the day before as well as people and situations I'm grateful for. What am I grateful for in my life? Because again, some people do that at the end of the night as a way before going to bed. I like to do it in the morning because it sets my whole day up for where I want to go. I'm a morning journaler myself as well. And uh, again, I see why some people would like to do that last thing at night, but I do my best work in the morning. So I like to kind of, you know, I, I, I'm quite liking the fact that the with the sun being lower in the sky, we're getting some longer, darker mornings because I kind of like, right, well, that's my time to work on me. And then the light comes up and I'm like, OK, it's now my time to work with my clients. So uh, it, and, and I'm finding more and more that I speak to people like yourself and, you know, other successful people that, that there's a lot of journalists out there. And I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of that. So it's really interesting to see that uh, that's something that's part of your routine. And, and if I was to ask you about a typical working day, um, you know, who are you working with? What are you doing on a, on a daily basis then, Robert? From having students all over the world, it, I'm part of so many time zones. So my day is typically where, am, what am I going to be doing? If I'm coaching someone, what time zone are they on? So is it an early morning or is it a late at night? call or is it during the day? Uh, I do training still now all virtually, of course. So instead of being on a live stage in front of 100 to 6,000 students, I've now created and built a training studio off of the back of my home. And it's roughly um, 1,500 square feet for the training facility part itself that I'm turning into a super Zoom room. Because with us being in our fourth phase of lockdown, I'm not going to be able to bring people here personally for a bit still. So I'm turning it into a super Zoom room where I can see four or 500 students at a time on the screens, have four or five cameras, be able to actually be on a stage so I can really move around and be myself interactive. So I just finished doing a two-day training uh, a week and a half ago where I had 350 students from around the world simultaneously translating to three different languages other than English. And while we were doing that, it, they were nine-hour days of me standing in front of the camera doing the training. So that can be my training type <laughs> day. Um, other than that, I do podcasts. I spend a lot of time with my family because I like my time off, Matt. I, I love doing stuff, but I like my time off. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm a bit annoyed at myself that we're not doing video, but I explained to you beforehand, when we do international video, there's quite a satellite delay, unfortunately. But I love the idea and the sound of your super Zoom room. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to build, you know, I'm going to take advantage of American Black Friday coming up. Because oh. when you got to buy like 14 TVs, about 12 <laughs> computers and all the other stuff, if I can save some great money on getting the discounts because of the shopping holiday, I'm yeah. all for that. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And, and tell me a little bit about your family then, Robert, if you don't mind. Uh, who's, who's in your family? Well, I... I come from a large, large family. My dad is second oldest of 10. My wow. mom was one of eight. So lots of uh, extended family. And for me, myself, I've, I'm the youngest of four. Uh, my wife, who I'm very blessed, we met when we were 13. We started dating when we were 16. We got married when we were 19. And we just celebrated our 32nd wedding anniversary in June. And Matt, do not do the calculations on my age. Just saying. <laughs> And um, 
I'm very blessed because she is the person I will openly admit. And I love that you have conversations for men to really um, talk about things because I will admit right away that I would not be who I am today, even having a conversation with you, if it wasn't for my wife. Because one of the many blessings she gives me is she's not willing and listen to my words. She's not willing to let me play smaller than I am. If it was left up to me, I would be in a job miserable, but comfortable. Even though I may have hated what I'm doing, I would have been like, nope, I'm an in the box thinker. That's how I was raised. Don't think outside the box. Don't question the box. And she came along as the youngest of five children raised by a single mother. And her whole attitude is, uh, what box are you talking about? You know, <laughs> we were meant to have whatever we want to create in our life. And so she taught me to play a bigger game. And uh, yeah. I, I, I love it when guys are very passionate and they talk about their wives in, in such an open way. I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but in, in Britain, typically, and I'm going to cast dispersions amongst a large number of the male audience, is that you know, they go down the pub, they go down the bars in the evening, and it's like, oh, my wife this, oh, my wife that. And I love having friends who talk about their wives in such a positive way. So it's 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 refreshing, but it's becoming the norm that a man is actually allowed to love and boast about the woman uh, that he has spent the rest of his life with. So that's fantastic. I love that. Um, so, Robert, if I'm to ask you very bluntly, then, you know, if I was to come on one of your training courses, are they all uh, are they based around the same topic or do you teach different things? What What is it that you're that you're teaching your students? <laughs> well, for the past 18 years, the first 18 years of my trainings, I was actually, I would um, contract out to my mentor and his trainings. And there was about 16 different trainings I would do. Everything from mindset, business, law of attraction, uh, inner power type um, trainings. So a lot of different varieties that I could do. And I've traveled all over the world doing that. Since the COVID, I've gone from over flying over 200,000 miles a year around the world down to flying zero. And it, I took the time to launch my material which is the new book I'm writing right now called The Authority Key. And it's all about not only teaching people how to become an authority in their job or their business, you know, the practical tips, the skills, those are easy. You know, those are common things like, hey, if you want to be seen more of an authority, write a book, be, have your own podcast, all those things. But I really take a deep dive into who are you as the person? What does it really take to not only get more success in your life, and when I talk about success, I'm talking all areas of life, Matt, yeah, mental, yeah, emotional, yeah. spiritual, physical, financial, all areas, because mm -hmm. it's one thing to get success, but I think you'll agree it's a totally different thing to hang on to it <laughs> and keep it. So I'm not interested in just helping someone have quick, easy, immediate success. I want to teach them how to have the success that is so sustainable that they truly are able to become an authority in their life and be able to design the life that they truly want because we work deeply on who they are as the person. Now, I think, again, this is quite a North American trait in that, our, our, that the, you know, your audience over there, men and women, are, are open to this kind of stuff. And it's it's there's there's less of us, I would say, in potentially Europe, but certainly the UK, in my experience, that that are open to, you know, thinking about mindset and thinking about the the law of attraction is a is a great book. And I, you know, I, I think it's fabulous. I had a discussion around a table in a pub on Saturday night where people were trying to argue against me about the law of attraction. Oh, I think it's absolute rubbish, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, if you think that way, 
yes, it's not going to work for you. But yeah, I choose yeah, to have the opposite. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And, and it's so. And do you have uh, UK audiences that have uh, you know tuned into your to your uh, your teachings? Well, and see, that's what I was laughing when you were saying that because I was going to disagree with you. Great. I have actually not um, personally taught a live training in Canada or the US in the last three years or even two years before the pandemic. Most of my students are Asia and Europe, India, Brazil. And so uh, Europe is really opening up. Um, as an example, the training I just did, the two-day training I was telling you about, I had no students from Canada or US in it. Of the 350, half the audience was out of, the, uh, out of Europe and the UK. The other half was out of Asia. Fascinating. I mean, and that, that fills me with joy because, it, you know, I, there, there seems to be a good shift towards being at least open to listening to people, you know, try and explain how this stuff can really, really work. Now, yes. as you know, yep. my podcast and, and Who Needs Instructions is all about getting men talking and, and having conversations. Um, is that the sort of thing? I, I, I'm assuming your your teachings are, you know, to everybody. But how, how do you see that amongst your friend group and amongst the people that you're training? Is it easier or do, do you think women are more susceptible to, to listening to yourself or you know, are you thinking men are, are getting better at this stuff as we go along? <laughs> a little bit of both. <laughs> uh, you know, in the live trainings and even on my mastermind groups and that I run virtually now, 70 plus percent of the audience is women. Mm. And I, the way I explain it is that men have unfortunately started to, you know, started to, and it's been a while happening, become very complacent. And that, you know, I'm the man, I don't need this stuff. And the women are going, you know what, this is how we are going to own our power. Here's how we are going to step up and claim the, the amazing goddess energy that women have. And if the men don't watch out, the women are coming to take over the world. They really are. And I've experienced that in every single country. This is not geographical. I'm seeing the same statistics. The women are the ones stepping in. And when you go to a country like India, where you talk about the woman, you know, her place, you know, the arranged marriages, mm. that whole dynamic's changing. It wow. is changing big time. And so when I'm there and I've got, you know, 2000 people in the audience and 70 plus percent of them are women going, yeah, we will be hurt now. So what I, my message is to men is, look, quit getting comfortable and being comfortable. Step up. Because you're going to wake up one morning and go, what the hell happened to the world? Why is it I can't find a good job? Why is it I can't seem to be, you know, doing, um, getting paid what I'm worth? Why is it the women get it all? Because they're doing the work right now. They're putting mm. in the growth. And that's kind of the way I look at it, Matt. I mean, that is a, is a I'm, I'm empowered by hearing that because, you know, there's always uh, discussions going on at the moment saying about, you know, women don't earn the same as men in the workplace. And if that shift takes place, then I would hope it would come back to an even, you know, evil level pegging. But like you say, if we as a as a rate as a, 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 a sex are going to get complacent about this, then um you know, we need to watch out for that. Now, there's something I picked up in, in your bio, uh, and I don't know if it's something you can cover off very quickly, and I appreciate that you probably give lots and lots of training on this, but uh, <laughs> the, the four currencies of life, I'm really intrigued by what that is. Yeah, and I'll give you the kind of snapshot of it. This is part of my new um, book that I'm writing. And when you talk about currencies, the one that most people always think of, of course, is money, the currency of money. Mm. And what I've come across in my research is there's two, there's a zone that people are in. 
if you have too much money in your life, it is something called affluenza. And if you have too little money, it's called poverty. And so what I found is that everybody has a zone of comfort where when they're in that zone earning money-wise, their life goes very, very smooth. But if they get near their poverty line, they get really, really stressed out. If they get near or above the affluenza line, they start doing stupid things with their money and wonder why they lose it. You know, like making an investment without doing your due diligence and then getting upset when the investment um, doesn't work out and explodes and you lose the money. And so depending on your age, your income and how much you work on yourself, your zone is going to be different and it's going to be different for you throughout your life. It's going to change. So as an example, um, a whole lifetime ago, Matt, I used to be a Domino's pizza franchisee for nine years. And when my wife and I are franchisees, if our poverty level looking back was around $40,000 a year, anytime we got near that and lower, we were stressed out beyond belief. And our affluenza level was about a hundred thousand a year. Anytime we got above that, that seemed to when we wouldn't do the due diligence, we'd make bad investments. And so, but today, because I've grown and I like my lifestyle and I've been able to master money, my, my poverty level is about 200,000 a year because I like my lifestyle. So <laughs> it takes a certain cost to live it. My, my affluenza level is about a million. Anytime I go over a million in a year, that's when I notice I start doing crazy things. So that's kind of the currency of money. And you can really, you just have to look at your life to figure out roughly where your zone is. It's not going to be like, well, my poverty level is $52,685. It's not having to figure it out right to the penny. It's just getting a rough idea. And you'll start to understand where you get stressed and where you do silly things. So you'll know where you want to be. And if you want to grow it, you know kind of what you need to do. So that's the currency of uh, money. Mm -hmm. The second currency is a currency we all have the exact same amount of. And that's the currency of time. Too little time on your hand, stress. Too much time on your hand is boredom. And again, doing my research, what I realized, and you can probably relate to this, you probably know a lot of people, Matt, that are, they might go, I can't do, take that on. You don't know how busy my life is. And they're really good at being busy. But what I've noticed is very seldom people are good at being productive. Mm -hmm. And there's a huge difference. You know, I can say, hey, I'm going to go to my office, write my book, and work on it. Eight hours later, I come out going, man, was I busy, but it doesn't seem like I got a lot done in the book. Mm-hmm. What was I doing? And all of a sudden I noticed I was on social media. I was answering emails. I was doing instant messages. I allowed myself to get distracted by all these different things. So one of the things I do on my calendar is I book in what's called um, focus time. And that, so I might put down, and because the research shows how long you can stay focused without getting distracted, is about an hour at the tops. I'll put down, write book, 10 a.m., 11 a.m. And now when I come in my office, that's the only thing I focus on. And because I do, in one hour of being productive, it's equal to about six hours of being busy. Mm -hmm. So a person who has a busy life, this actually frees up time for them. So that's the second currency. Any questions so far on those? No, making perfect sense. That's brilliant. Thank you. Okay, cool. The third currency is the currency of fame. And especially with social media and everybody being able to record everything and post it so instantly that, you know, everybody wanting their 15 minutes of fame and careful what you wish for. You see, we've seen superstars, actors, actresses, singers that they end up getting fame and they implode. And yet other actors and actresses, singers and and superstars, they get fame and they seem to handle it. What's the difference? Well, it's who you are as a person and are you willing to grow yourself? 
and to keep learning. You know, if someone all of a sudden goes from earning nothing to all of a sudden they become a superstar and they're earning millions of years, if they don't have a great group of people around them guiding them on how to properly manage it, how to not go crazy. Uh, I'm trying to think, I believe it was Magic Johnson. He said his first million he made, he spent in 30 minutes, 30 minutes when he got his first big contract. And then he, and it, you know, he was like, whoa, that, that's not good. And now he owns hundreds and hundreds and invested in hundreds of businesses, like hundreds, because he was willing to grow and handle that fame. Whereas others, they implode. And, and a big lesson for me came from an interview I saw years ago with Jennifer Lopez. The person interviewing her saying like, look, you're a powerhouse, you're a singer, a dancer, an actress, and also your family, you seem to do well on the family side, very balanced. How do you handle that? And she said, well, when I'm, I'm just me, but when I'm in business, I'm JLo. I take on that persona. I'm here to do business and get things done. She said, when I'm at home, I'm just Jennifer. I'm just Jennifer. And to me, I'm like, that's brilliant because I, when I'm on stage around the world, I have assistants taking care of everything. So it's easy to get into the ego and think that's who I am, mm. but I'm just another person. So when I come home, my wife and I have a running joke. I can get home from, you know, do, training thousands of people and she'll go, honey, you're at home now. No more assistants. Go take out the garbage. <laughs> and it keeps me grounded and I love it. So when it comes to the currency of fame, it's be the person you want to be, be authentic yourself in everything. And if you can't handle something, ask for help. Sure. You know, so many, especially men are taught that weakness, vulnerability is a weakness. Mm. But from my experience over the last number of years, vulnerability is one of the greatest strengths a man can have that anybody can have. Being willing to say, you know what? I don't know, or I don't know how to do this, or I need help. I'm struggling. And just being willing to ask, and this again, why you want to have a great group of what I call growth-minded people around you. Yeah. Not like-minded, because if you're surrounded by people that are complainers, you're going to be a complainer. You'll be like-minded. But a growth-minded person is someone who's going to pick you up when you fall, be there to cheer you on when you're doing awesome. And they're also going to be the ones willing to have the tough conversations when needed. And like, hey, step up your game or why are you being a jerk? Mm. So that's the currency of fame. And then the final currency is the one I spend the most time on right now and most of my energy. It is the currency of experience. I don't want to just exist in life. I want to live life and experience life, Matt. And so most people, they're either so far in the future trying to figure everything out, what it should look like, how it should happen, how long is it going to be, what will I do if this happens, and all the what-if scenarios. Or they're so anchored in the past of, well, you don't understand. This is what happened to me. Because mm -hmm. of this, I can't do that. And they're missing the experience of the here and now. And the more you can practice being present in the moment. So everything I create now, I create an experience around it. I want to truly, when, when it comes to, for my time to go, I want to be able to look back and go, wow, what a life I had instead of what did I do with my life? Mm. You know, and, and that's a big difference right there. And so as an example, because I love running masterminds before the pandemic, I would do a mastermind, but not just an ordinary one. Uh, January of 2020, I had eight of my students meet me in Florida. We hopped on a private jet. We flew to the Bahamas, had a full police escort and Rolls Royce cars all the way through town to a beautiful resort. We masterminded all day long, had breakfast, lunch, dinner there. And because of the experience, the masterminds went deep and we, our bond went deep and we created 
eight seven figure businesses that day because of the experience that was created. And those are the kind of things I love to do now is, you know, even here at my home, I'm going to do masterminds. And, and in March or um, February, just before the pandemic shut us down, I had 10 people come to my home. And instead of just a regular mastermind at a charity, my wife had bought a private suite for a um, show, a Celtic dance mixed with illusions show. And so we invited 10 people and we met each other in the morning. So they got to know who each other was. We knew them all, but they didn't know each other. Then we sent them back to their hotels, said, be back here at four o'clock, dressed, ready to have a great time. And I had a huge stretch limo pull up into our driveway, pick us all up, take us to the show. We didn't really watch the show because we were now just enjoying each other, having food, beverage, watching the show a little bit, but getting to know each other. Limo brings us back home. Everybody go back to their hotels the next day when we started the mastermind. Oh, you better believe it went deep because again, everybody had experienced each other in a social setting and got to really like each other, know each other. So of mm. course they wanted to be of more service. So when you talk about the currency of experience, what experiences are you creating in your life or are you just existing and accepting life? Fantastic. I mean, you know, I, I, I was curious as to what the four currencies of life could be. And I was going to guess that money might be one of them, but I didn't know what the other three would be time, fame and experience. And the way that you've framed all of those and, and painted a perfect picture, can I say? I mean, audio is definitely your thing because I, I can see all of that happening. So that's fascinating. Thank you so much for that, Robert. I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed it. Oh, that. my pleasure. My pleasure. Um, and so what I tend to do at the end of, of, of most of my episodes um, is... Uh, I ask these four questions of all my guests. Now, I don't know, and I won't be offended if you haven't listened to any of my uh, podcasts before, because you haven't, that's okay, because these questions will come as quite a surprise to you, all right? I'm ready. So, what do you think it takes to be a man in the 21st century? <laughs> Realizing that every single one of us has masculine and feminine in us, and you can be a male and have a feminine core, or a masculine core. And you've got to learn to not just be one. You've got to be able to have the flow and be able to dance between the two. Being able to say, hey, here's when I'm stepping in my masculine, but here's when I'm willing to be in my feminine. I believe that's what it's really going to take. And, and you, you were touching on words like ego and vulnerability earlier on. And again, something that I've spoke about quite a few times. And uh, that definitely kind of, I guess it, uh, lead, it leans into what you were just saying there as well. It's fantastic. Um, who has inspired or who's been the most influential person or people in your life? <laughs> well, one is absolutely my wife, Roxanne, mm -hmm. just because of what I was sharing with you earlier. Mm -hmm. um, other great people is uh, it, someone who really blew me away was a gentleman by name of, or is a gentleman by name of F. W. De Klerk. And I don't know if you know who that is. You probably do. South you African, know who that is? South African yeah. president, yeah. Yeah, he set Mandela free. I was blessed in 2009 to host an event where him, the Dalai Lama, Stephen Covey Sr., and um, 17, 18 other great thought leaders in the world were there. And I got to be in the green room because I was the host and sit down and talk to each one. And he just, he, he blew me away, him and Stephen Covey Sr., those are people that have, you know, absolutely just changed my life. Amazing. What great company to keep that is. Um, what sort of legacy would you like to leave behind, Robert? Helping people know that they, here's my belief, Matt, the greatest gift I believe anybody can give this world is to be themselves. Show up for whatever that looks like. 
Um, because when you have the courage to do that, either people are going to like you or they don't. And having the understanding, and this is coming from a world-class people pleaser, that, you know, is how I grew up. Yeah. And understanding that if people like you, that's awesome. If people don't like you for who you are, that's awesome. That is so awesome. Because I look back at how much time, energy, and grief I went through trying to be something else for other people. Mm. And the moment I said, you know what? No, this is me. This is all I can be. And I started being my authentic self. All of a sudden, my life changed. And I'm still blown away today by the people that they're like, Robert, I need to get to know you. We, I need to know who you are. You, you know, I love your energy. And I find myself catching myself going, why? Wow. Uh, you know, cause I'm looking at them going, but they're amazing. And then realizing we're all just humans. We're, we're the same. And so when you're you, that's when you're going to see the people that truly love you for who you are, are the ones you really want in your life. It's a great answer because I can relate to that completely. Um, I I started to work in social media uh, in about 2010 uh, and, and still kind of dabble a little bit today. And I started to make videos. And what it did was, I think, it scared people away who watched my videos and went, he's a nutter. I don't want to work with him. Whereas <laughs> other people saw my videos and went, I like the cut of his jib. This is someone I yeah. want to work with. And you'd go to a meeting where you'd arrange to, yeah, okay, let's have an initial talk about maybe working together. And I'd walk in that room, they'd shake my hand, and they would already know me um, because they'd watched so many of my videos because I used to make a video every single day. So that's that's really interesting you say that. And, and again... Yes, be you know everybody else is taken. Please be yourself. It's a, a great way to look at that. Yeah, and, and that lesson really anchored in when a real someone who's a super friend of mine now. We've trained around the world together for over fifteen years. I was doing a five day training, and while I was training, I was training six people to train that training. So I was kind of training three hundred students plus six trainers on how to deliver the training. Sure. And he was part of it, where he does a very powerful piece during the five days. And when we had a break, I had him talking to my six trainers. And one of the trainers, he had asked him a question and, and one of my trainers went, you know, Robert's my guru. And I was sitting off to the side and I flinched because I hate that word. Yeah. And my, my friend is a, um, he reads faces, he reads body language. He mid-sentence stopped and he turned to me and he said, Robert, what just happened? And I'm like, Aaron, nothing, just don't worry, keep on it. He goes, no, 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 you had a reaction to something just now. What went on? And I said, Aaron, just keep going. He goes, no, we're not going anywhere else until you explain what happened. And I knew he wasn't going to give it up. So I'm like, fine. And I said, I don't like the word guru. I said, he goes, why not? I said, because I'm no different than anybody else. I'm just me. And he said, exactly. He said, let me ask you to do something for me. And, and Matt, I'm going to ask you to do this for me. Okay. So Matt, I want you to spell the word guru for me. G-U-R-U. -U. So that's what I said. And he looked at me and went, G-U-R-U. -U. <laughs> that's good. And all of a sudden, it was a paradigm shift in my life. And that became from a word I hated to one of the greatest compliments anybody could ever give me. I've got a client that always says, oh, you're my social media guru. And it makes me flinch. And I'm going to reframe that. So thank you very much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're welcome. If there's one thing I'm taking away from today's podcast, it's that. It's absolutely that. Uh, oh, wow, listen, I only gave you one thing to take away? Now you now, heard now, my now, one now. I knew as soon as I said that, I've dropped a bollock there. <laughs> I have you, taken you, so many notes, <laughs> believe you and me. I'll send you a you, photo you of the just, notes Yeah, you, you just know I have a same warped sense of humor you have, so that's why we get along already. <laughs> uh, now, just before I ask you the last one, um, you, I've said you're in Canada. I know you're in Alberta, but explain to people who don't know Canada that well, whereabouts in Canada is Alberta? 
yeah, we are on the west side of the country, um, right next to, you know, it's an hour flight to the coast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what's funny, because in Europe, you can fly to other countries in an hour. But in Canada, being the second largest landmass in the world for a country. Yeah. It's, uh, so I'm, if people know the states, which a lot more do, we're pretty much just north and a little bit east of Washington, so Seattle area. Um, where you know Microsoft and all those companies are, so yeah. we're we're in the beginning of the Rocky Mountains for Canada as well. That's fantastic. Uh, for the audience that don't know, I spent three years in Toronto as a kid, and as soon as I told you that before we came live on the podcast, you went, "Never mind." <laughs> <laughs> and that's like Manchester hating Liverpool and London not getting on with other country, other cities around. So yeah, yeah. I, I love that rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. no rivalries whatsoever. <laughs> ah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and, and are you a, are you a man who's into your sports? Uh, you know, I do. When I, I love sports, but you know, for years I haven't had the chance to really get back into them because you know, as you get older, <laughs> excuses come up. That's what it is. Yes, absolutely. But I do. Yeah, no. I love watching sports, and I love watching championship games because that's I'm a person about the mindset and what it really takes to be a champion. So even if I miss the season of, say, hockey, I'll always make sure I'm watching the finals and the playoffs. If I miss football, I'm always watching the Super Bowl, you know, yeah. things like that, because I love and not just for the game, but I love watching the interviews after when you see a champion's mentality and how they express themselves, you know, in defeat or in winning. That's I really love to watch that. Yeah, I, I must admit, I, I do watch uh, quite a bit of motorsport. And the part I like about motorsport is the lead up to the race the, and, and mm. watching the preparations they go through, the interviews they give. It's that stuff. The yes. race can be quite boring sometimes, but it's the lead up to it that I love. Yes, uh, okay, absolutely. Robert, big crescendo time for you now. Final question. And this often catches people out. Can you please tell me your best dad joke or your most terrible joke, please? <laughs> oh, well, here's the problem. I have so many of them. <laughs> Excellent. I've got all nine. It's, it's like, which one do I choose? Oh, my goodness. Okay, here's one for you. Go what on. do you call um, a, a deer with no eyes? I don't know. What do you call a deer with no eyes? No idea. Of course. Of course. <laughs> and, and, and what do you call a deer with no eyes and no legs? Still no idea. You got it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I'm just pleased that I know as terrible a jokes as you. Thank you. <laughs> now, Robert, you mentioned earlier on in the episode that uh, you're writing a new book, Authority Key. When can we expect to see that? That will, we are targeting for the first quarter of 2022 to have that come out is going to be the, um, the kind of target date brilliant and are i i know you said that you know you spend a lot of time doing podcasting do you produce your own podcast as well can uh, can my audience go and listen to you well they can um i have not done an episode in about two and a half years okay. when i was writing when we first launched my book success left a clue i decided to create a, a podcast success left a clue and what it really is is of the 104 episodes that i recorded in a two-year period only four of them are me doing interviews. The rest are me sitting in hotels around the world and a thought would come to my mind and I would just sit down in front of my computer and take five, 10, 15 minutes and just rattle off what I was thinking about and the lesson I got from it. And so that's what most of them are is just little snippets like that. 
Excellent. Fascinating. And finally, then, if we're, if someone's listening to this wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way of getting hold of you, Robert? Yeah, I'm on social medias like Facebook, just putting my name in, Instagram, LinkedIn. But, you know, what I'd love to do, Matt, because you were so gracious to have me on your podcast and invite me to be here and take your time. I believe our time is one of our most valuable commodities. And because you were gracious enough to do that, and more importantly, your listeners gracious enough to take their time and listen to us ranting back and forth and having a little bit of fun. Mm -hmm. What I would love to do is if they go to robertriopel.com, just my name, R-O-B-E-R-T-R-I-O-P-E-L.com, they are actually going to be able to download the entire complete digital copy of my book, Success Left a Clue, as our gift to them for taking their time and listening. I did see that when I was had a look through earlier on and I was going to download it before, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to speak to you first and I'll download it afterwards. I've actually got the tabs still open on my computer. So that's brilliant. Oh, beautiful. And, and the key is, again, it comes with that caveat. Don't just read it and put it on that shelf. Do the action steps, because if you do, I guarantee you, you will be able to design a life and take yourself to another level. Guarantee that. Fantastic. Robert, you, you've really inspired me this evening. It's, it's, it's quarter to 11 at night here in the UK. I know it's the middle of the afternoon for you guys there. I, I can't think of a better way to spend my evening than to listening to you. You've inspired me and I really hope you've inspired my audience. Uh, thank you so much for reaching out and it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me, Matt. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Who Needs Instructions podcast. We release a new episode every week, so make sure to subscribe and we'll speak to you again soon.